All right. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Serious Angler podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bailey Eichbrett, and joined with me is the captain, Mr. Andy Full. And uh, if, I don't know if folks could tell. If, I'm sure the, the MP3 folks obviously could tell a big difference in the change in our intro tonight. Uh, we're trying to shake some things up a little bit for you guys, keep things fresh and new for folks. But uh, Andy, what's going on, buddy? You know, not a whole lot. Drove this morning, hung out at your house, picked some stuff up, and then left it on your couch. Um, Yeah, doing a lot of crazy stuff here, (laughs) trying to get ready to leave next Wednesday so we can venture around the classic convention center. So just tidying up some stuff around here. Yeah, if you guys couldn't tell, this is uh it's gonna be Andy's first ever Bassmaster Classic he's going to attend to next week. And uh our guest today, our good buddy Mr. West Logan, it'll be his first classic he's competing in that he's qualified for. And uh I- I'm sure Wes is very excited, but I don't know if anyone's more excited for his first classic ever than Andy is. Yeah, I'm pretty Everyone's pumped shut up about it. It's like a dream. Like I've always wanted to go just to witness the expo. And um I'm pretty sure I'm gonna go see like the first morning boat launch and then head over there and hang out with some good buddies. So I'll be around. But the stickers I'm supposed to hang uh hand out are on Bailey's couch at the moment. <laughs> I'm sure you're excited, dude. And uh, the first more first morning takeoff I ever saw for the classic, like you're just standing there, you're taking in the environment, and it is like, as an angler, if you're a tournament angler, it gets your blood boiling just watching. I can't even imagine what it's going to be like for our guest today for his first ever takeoff. Hopefully, he doesn't like little <laughs> big big fish jitters. Yeah. Hopefully, he remembers how to drive a boat when he's taking off uh, first classic morning, but. Either way, we're we're excited for him for his his first classic, and we're going to talk to him uh, in a little bit here. We'll bring him on. But uh, Andy, first cl- Bassmaster Classic, man, I'm excited for you to get down there. And uh, for folks, as Andy mentioned, if you see either Andy or I at the classic, we're going to have like some serious angler stickers. If you guys see us, come say hello. We'd love to chat with you, and we'll get you some stickers and stuff, and have a fun time, and hopefully uh, get some get a beer with you, a bunch of you guys that when you guys are yeah. down. There, so. Absolutely. We'll be walking around. Are we allowed to drink beer during the convention? I think you can. Yeah, I think you can drink oh, beer in the, the expo. Awesome. I'm pretty sure. Oh, I'm trying to remember if people are walking around. I want to say, yeah. I want to say, the, okay. the couple shows I have worked around here, I was able to drink beer while working, but I don't know if I want to or not down there. So we'll see. I want to say you definitely can. And if Amanda's going, why would you not? You got your own designated driver. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I'm working it out with a schnup, but he might even pick me up in the morning and take me home afterwards. Oh, well, there you go. You got your own. I just don't know how he would feel about me uh, drinking beer all day and be like, hey, man. Like, I think you'll you'll quickly realize at an event like this, it's the norm. I think if you're not drinking, it's probably weird. Uh, yeah, it's fair <laughs> enough. Um, but no, dude, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm going to be floating around the Humberbird Makota booth. The uh, Pure Fishing Booth, so Berkeley Abu Garcia, X2 Power. I'm going to be doing some work stuff. Uh, and Andy will be floating around all over the place, free will. And uh, either way, it's going to be a fun time. And uh, we hope to see you guys down there. But uh, Andy, I think. Yeah, let's get Wes on. Mr. Wes Logan, what's going on, buddy? Oh, you know, just another day. Just another day. <laughs> Can you confirm 
I'm trying to remember. You can drink at the Classic, the Expo. Stuff. Confirm or deny. I feel like I've seen people drinking at the Classic um, last year when we were working. I know for a fact you can at ICAST. Uh, I'm just trying to remember. Now, I will say this. If I'm working the Classic on day three, there's a very good chance that I will be. So you won't be alone. Cheers. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully not, though. Hopefully not. That's right. That's right. No, we're going to knock on wood that we don't have to see you uh, on day three in the morning. I don't want to see you on day three. <laughs> I, I don't want to see any of y'all. I, I mean, I love you to death, but I'd rather not see you till until uh, everything's over. If I have to see you, though, I will wake you up with a nice hard coffee in the morning that's spiked and ready for your day. Some Bailey's. <laughs> Sounds like From a good time. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll make the best of it, for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> Either way, buddy, uh, it's good, one, to get you back on here, and two, as a, a, another congrats. I know we've been working kind of behind the scenes the past week or so, but a, a formal congrats on qualifying for your first Classic. And uh, we're going to get into the Classic a little bit here. Mm. We're going to kind of talk on some things, but um what's up what's been obviously going on with you recently let's talk a little bit about the the start of the Bassmaster Elite Series season I know you don't like Florida too much but we'll, we'll, let's touch on it a little bit to see and kind of catch up with you it's uh I mean obviously we've had uh two tournaments so far back to back the first one at St. John's River and then uh the Second one was at some mud hole down there in Florida. I can't remember the name. <laughs> no, we were at the uh, we were at the Harris Chain, which is probably fishing probably the best lake in Florida right now. And as far as fish catches and number of fish, but uh, you know, St. John's has always been good to me. I've always cashed a check there. Um, finished thirtieth uh, this time around. Made some you know stupid decisions probably on day three that probably cost me some points. Um, Still kind of beat myself up about that one because I feel like I left some points on the table. And I know how valuable those points are, you know, getting to the Classic uh, as far as, you know, next year's Classic. And then roll around the Harris chain. I actually had a decent practice for once. And uh, it just always seems like if I happen to have a pretty good practice, it just all, like, falls apart during the tournament. But, you know, you have those type of derbies. Uh, obviously, didn't finish where we wanted to. But, you know, I, I really – and I even fished two days or three days at St. John's and two days at the Harris Chain, and I never had a big bite. I never had a bite over five pounds. I mean, you can't do that in Florida and l really compete, you know, and be in the top, you know, 25% of anglers because you'll have guys where, like, at Harris, or Harris Chain, I had 11 pounds the first day and 12 and a half the second, and you replace one of my pound and a halfers with a six both days, and I look like a hero. Like, it's just – it's that easy. And you can get the bite. It's really hard to focus on, you know, catching big fish in Florida because they can just show up at any time, at anywhere. So, I mean, it's just unfortunate luck to not get those big bites during the tournament. But, I mean, you know, it is what it is. But uh, definitely not definitely not thrilled about uh, the start to my season. It could be worse, uh, but it could be a lot better also. Yeah, there's some people that just vibe with Florida – uh, it's typically natives that vibe with Florida or yeah. for some weird reason. Uh, if you're from Wisconsin or Minnesota, you vibe. Or Ontario. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I feel like a lot of the Florida lakes, though, set up uh, like the grass does up north, like in that Minnesota, Wisconsin. Like, you know, you've got the pencil reeds, the bulrushes, the, the hydrilla, all that stuff. Like, I feel like it's easy for those guys to relate to it because the fish, even though they're northern strain largemouth, the fish are still relating to that cover the same. So it's kind of like second nature. Yeah. There's definitely a variable to Florida, though, that's just like 
Completely. There's a lot of luck. The variables luck, yeah. buddy. I'm just telling <laughs> yeah. you. You better have because, that golden horseshoe. <laughs> I mean, la- I mean, last year, dude, on day two at St. John's, I catch 22 pounds and I catch a six or a, like a five something and an eight eight right before I come in. Like it's just if you don't get that bite, you 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 barely scratch by and make a check to where this one bite's the difference in the top 15 or top 10. You get two of those lucky bites, and I mean, you're you know you fish on all four days. It's just. Mm-hmm. It's really all there is to it. Now, you can put yourself in position to be around those females when they show up, obviously, or, you know, sight fish and, you know, all that good stuff, but knowing the areas and stuff. But I And I don't dislike Florida. Florida's been really good to me, but I feel like it's a lot of becoming really fortunate. Like, I don't realize, like, I left out that morning knowing I was going to go catch an eight-pounder. Like, it just happens, but sometimes yeah. it does, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, and you can find a school of two pounders one day, and you're like, "Yeah, I might yeah. get ten pounds today." And you show up, and they're all sixes. Like, That's right. Like, That's exactly right. Or you catch four two or three twos, a six and a ten. Like yeah. it's just, yep. it's crazy. Florida. It's Florida. <laughs> Hashtag Florida. No doubt. Well, I have to. Uh, I got to give a shout out to a mutual friend of ours, Mr. Luke Lovrick, over at Johnson Outdoors. I heard he had a. Uh, Will, will you be you having his dollar bill on you for the best faster class? There's no doubt. I'm, I might have it like uh, I, I was going to say frame, but like you know, you put the little plastic over something like you would a card. I think I'm going to like seal it up because I don't know. He got he got in my boat the last day of practice uh, to shoot some you know content for uh, Johnson Outdoors and a couple other companies. And dude, my practice had sucked and it was raining real bad. And I was running down the river. I was like. And I feel I, I actually felt bad for him in the rain because he had he had a rain suit on, he had an after rain suit on, but it was just like poured. I was like, I'll just stop right here and fish these pads. And dude, I got like 15 bites down to there. I'm like, yeah, you're riding with me to the tomorrow <laughs> and the rest of the year. Like it was just like instantly. So yeah, I'm how I've got that. Other... Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I was no. gonna say how many random times has, like how many times has that randomly happened to you? You're like running down the lake and it's downpouring you just stop for no reason also you're like oh my god i found the mother load yeah not near enough not <laughs> near enough i will tell you that but it has happened a few times uh but no it was it was pretty crazy when he got in the boat i actually think um when i first picked him up it wasn't raining near as bad and he was trying to get all his camera stuff you know situated so i just kind of idled across from the boat ramp where i picked him up and literally my first flip i caught like a pound and a half pound and three quarter and i hadn't had a bite all day and it was like one o'clock and i was like <laughs> all right, we can probably work with this. But, uh, no, it, it ended up being a, a really good time. Uh, you know, actually, the fish that I found with him is, you know, a majority of the area that I caught on, you know, in the tournament. But, uh, I don't know, it, it, it worked out pretty good. But I still have that dollar in my pocket, and I'm probably going to hold on to it. Unless we have another Harris Chain tournament, and we might give it back. Yeah. <laughs> you show me the, the video where you're, like, uh, trying to get him in the boat. And he's like, you got something on it? You need something from I me. Was, I was dead dollar. serious. He was, like, laughing. I was like, I need something. He's like, oh, I'll give you. I'm like, no, like, legit, give me something. I don't care what it is. Like, <laughs> like pluck some wanna... hair out of your head or something. Just give me something. Yeah, I just want to see that clear-coated dollar bill like you see in restaurants. Yes, just, like, yes. just drill it into the front deck of your boat. <laughs> just the right there where I stand by the trolling motor. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's kind of a cool talking piece, too, if you think about it. It's like something mm-hmm. they could give you a story oh, yeah. on live. Oh, yeah. Or like like tape it, like clear tape it to the front of my windshield or something. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> Why do you have funny. a dollar on your windshield? Long <laughs> story. <laughs> Perfect. So you just laminate it. That's yeah. all you got to do. That's the word laminate I was trying to think of. Yeah. Was laminate it. I, it my, just came to me. <laughs> yeah. My, I mean, it just, it probably would have never came to me, but I tried. <laughs> <laughs> all 
Yeah, it's like, well, how have you made the, the, the past 20 top 40 cuts? Luke Lover. That's all I got to say. That's no it. No doubt. Oh, LL. <laughs> LL. LL. Sounds like you need to get in your boat for every practice when the practice is tough. And I, I agree. Struggle with the camera gear and then just idle over to a random pad section and just start catching them. Yeah, it's. I mean, it was like. I mean, it kind of gave me a clue of like what to look for, honestly. So, I mean, it was a blessing in disguise, really. Like, I mean, just the whole situation of me going to pick him up. Because I had to run like 10 miles from where I was at to come pick him up. And I was like, well, I'll just fish here. And it just like, that's how it happened. <laughs> Dumb luck. That's Florida it, luck right there. That's Florida luck. 100% <laughs> to a T. Some people just got lucky charms and Luke happens yep. to be yours. <laughs> Evidently. Maybe it won't fall out in the toilet next time he goes to the bathroom. well dude uh kind of switching gears here kind of looking forward to next week at the classic i mean what's it it's have you thought about you know after the classic what you know you get on stage and dave mercer says you know Bassmaster classic qualifier west logan have you thought about what that's gonna feel like yeah i mean a little bit i've mainly tried to just focus on that it's not really that it's another tournament (laughs) 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 off Sorry, I saw that pop up. We'll get to that. In a se- we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> for, for folks listening, uh, for folks listening, we got Luke that we've been talking about in the YouTube comments, and he put, "I stole Wes's waypoints." So. Yeah, I mean, it, it probably. Will, I mean, he'll probably do better than I would with him, to be honest, because I, I probably didn't even know what I was doing. Try, kind of like one of them dogs that chases a car down the road, like they don't know what to do when they finally catch it, like the tire and all that good stuff. But, uh, <laughs> anyways, um. I don't even know where we was at. Oh, talking about the classic. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've tried to think about the classic as another tournament, but I mean, obviously, you the thought creeps back in your mind that uh, that it's a you know it's the Super Bowl of bass fishing. It's going to be cool being out there in front of the crowd and stuff. But uh, I don't know. It, it's it's still a shock to me when he calls my name out and it says he says Bassmaster Elite Series champion. So I mean, to be able to add a Bassmaster Classic qualifier to that is, you know, it's obviously a dream come true. Because I mean, there's a bunch of my buddies and growing up, like that's all we used to talk about was the classic. And and I had this little thing that I never wanted to go to a classic until I qualified for one. And I mean, I I made that you know kind of thing with myself when i was young it wasn't like when i started fishing bigger tournaments or something or when i thought i had a chance to make it it was like you know eight nine ten years old because we had five or six classic come to the birmingham area which isn't but 30 minutes from my house and i never went to one because i just i didn't want to go to it unless i was in it and uh they kind of they kind of got me on that one because when i had to start working for my sponsors i had to go to them a couple of them uh, and i did go to one way in but that's the only way in that i've ever been to until i'm going to be in that arena uh in my boat that's a, that's so interesting because you hear guys that on the complete opposite spectrum of that say like, I went to all these Bassmaster Classics and I'd watch the way and I was like, I gotta be there someday. When you're like, yeah. no, nah, I don't want to be there unless I'm. Yeah, there. it's kind of a. I mean, I that's how I've I've always been my whole life. Like it's probably backwards, but it just it's a motivation thing for me. Like yeah, if I'd have went to them, obviously it would have you know I'd have wanted to get there even you know as bad probably, but it was just a. a a self-motivation thing like you don't deserve to go see it unless you're actually there you know you might you qualify for yourself to be there yeah well dude it's (laughs) i'm pretty excited to watch you come through that ring and your first time stepping on that bassmaster classic stage and uh are are you going to have any antics like mr matt robertson pulled last year and apparently he's going to have this year (laughs) 
No, uh, you know, Matt's his own guy, and I love Matt to death, But and, and he owns what he does. I mean, that's the cool thing about Matt is, you know, he doesn't try and fake who he is, and, I mean, that's that's a really big thing nowadays. And, you know, I'm kind of just, I don't know, I, I don't really have any antics. I try and I try and be all business most of the time. I do like to have a good time sometimes, but, you know, when there's, when there's work to be done, you know, I, I like to try and stay all business. But, you know, sometimes it would be good to loosen up, but I feel like those that two or three day period, you know, I'm going to try and be as focused as I can and focus on the task at hand. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'm not, I don't think I'm even close to being in a position to ever, ever give you advice. Uh, but I think what you I've never heard, know, <laughs> <laughs> but like when I've heard other folks talk about the classic, especially for guys that have been in it for new, for the first timers, it's to be able to take a second every now and then to look around and remember mm-hmm. that. You're at yeah. the classic, especially because, dude, you're you're building act. You're building quite the resume for yourself. Whether you want it, I know you. You're stubborn. And you don't want to admit it, but I'm going to say it. And I know you might not like it, but I'm going to say it anyway. But you're building a damn good resume for yourself, dude. So it's gonna be. It's got to be cool. Just take a second and remind yourself. You know, you, you deserve to be on that stage. I mean, you, you earned your right. I mean, you might have said, "Hey, I don't want to be on that stage until I'm in it." For some weird reason, but no. <laughs> either way, dude, it's gonna be pretty exciting to uh, to watch you up there. And mm. like when when people say that though, like or when you hear about the classic after you found out you qualified finally, and it's official, you're gonna be fishing mm. the classic. Do you get like butterflies or like goosebumps when people mention the classic or when you think about it, or is it I'm not gonna think about it until I'm there? Yeah, I've tried. Like I said, I've tried to. I've thought about it and done all my research I can, and try, I feel like I've prepared probably as much as I have for any tournament before because I just know, I know how I can fish the tournament. I think to have an opportunity to do very well, so I'm, I've focused a lot on it on that from a tournament perspective. But I've tried to not think about all the stuff that comes with it, and I just want to, like you even said, I've I have told myself like. It's going to be a crazy week. You're going to be getting pulled in a lot of directions, but take a minute to put all of it in because the only reason that is is because it's not a guarantee that you'll ever get back. Like it, it's not like it just they hand them out every year. Like I know for my rookie year how hard of a year I had and how much of a struggle it was, and I didn't make it. And then for last year to be fortunate and have a few good tournaments, and you know by the last tournament kind of be in the classic for sure. I just know that and even the way this year is starting out, like it's going to be a little bit of an uphill battle to try and make it again. So take advantage of, you know, being there, take it all in. Don't take it for granted because, you know, there's, there's guys that have fished a long time that are very good anglers that have only made a handful in their whole career. Yeah. So you say that your first year was so bad, so terrible, but you only missed a classic by what three spots. Three points. No, three. Two, one spot. Three points. Yeah. So you. So you can't go say it's. It was horrible. I mean, it dude, was a horrible there. year for me as far as fishing. Now, I mean, I, I was able to at the end of the year, I was able to scrap and claw and get real close. But from a fishing standpoint, I made terrible decisions. I lost fish in every tournament. Like it just, it was a bad fishing year for me. But still, you know, was able to you know fish my way back into it and and have a chance to make it by the last tournament. But I mean. It, it was it was a bad year. They didn't make the classic. Like, yeah, we might. Yeah, it don't matter if you miss it by one point or you miss it by a hundred and one points. Like, you still didn't make it. Yeah, I mean, I'll agree and say it's not a great year, but like for having such a bad year, yeah, and missing no. the classic by one. There, there's worse places. Yeah, for sure. Maybe. And and even going into last year, it made me feel better. It gave me some confidence to as bad as everything. I like losing fish multiple days of multiple events. Like. 
to have fished that bad and still been that close to making it. It gave me some confidence last year, going into last year, that I'm fishing right. I know what I'm doing. I, it's not like I suck. I just got to get a few breaks to go my way, and we'll be okay. And, and you know, fortunately, we did. Yeah. Well, so I'm, I'm not. Sure, so I, I don't want to come across as being like negative because I come in 44th my rookie year, but it was just a, it was a mindset thing of how bad it was, but we still did you know halfway decent pretty much. It's funny when you get like the lost fish juju going, it always seems to like steamroll too. Oh, it's awful. It no, is it's the worst. It's, it's terrible. Like and, and and it'll just go away. Like it just shows up and it'll just go away. Like you'll catch five or six that you boat flip that they come off in the air and land in the boat. And the next three you do come off. Like, it's just, it's, I don't even want to get started on it. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it is. It really is. Uh, I I think the the too soon window is over with, so we might be able to say it now. But, like, dude, you want to talk about lose fish steamroll, Scott Martin at the Harris chain? I don't know if you got a chance to see that, Wes. I hadn't. I've heard some, I heard something, but I haven't gotten to watch it. I've never felt so bad for one person. Mm. Uh. But yeah, we'll, we'll leave it at that. We'll let you go back in time and, and watch that. It's it's good TV. I'll say that it's good TV. Yeah, but that's no that's angler, normally not a good thing. <laughs> now, <laughs> as an angler, it, it hurts you inside yeah. just to see what yeah. happened. But but dude, I, I to an extent, I really actually relate to your mindset of I don't want to sound negative, but you want to have that mindset of you know that's not good enough because you want to mm. have that thing of keep striving, keep pushing because. There's always room to keep improving. You can mm-hmm. you can feel good about it, but only feel good about it for a certain amount of time because there's always improvements to make. If you yeah, waste time yeah. being comfortable where you're at, you're just going to start falling behind. So I, I completely relate to that mindset, which I'm as I'm sure that's what you're basically getting at. Yeah, yeah, and I mean that the you said a word that you know kind of resonates the the being comfortable thing. You can't be comfortable like in the position that you know if you're. It doesn't matter what pro circuit or it doesn't matter what you're doing, honestly. If it's in your job, there's always somebody working to take your job, whether it be football team, baseball team, your job, your office job, fishing, whatever. There's always somebody trying to take your job. So the minute that you get comfortable, they're outworking you that second and they're getting ahead of you. So, I mean, that's yeah, you want. Yeah, there's a time when you can kind of relax. But as far as getting comfortable, I, I like that word like you don't I don't ever want to get comfortable where I'm at because there's always somebody trying to you know work harder than you. Yeah, damn right. And so with that, obviously missing classic by one spot and then you make the classic very well in 13th in AOI. Um, what kind you said decision making, that was one of the first things you mentioned that you sucked with quote. Mm. I'm not saying you sucked. You said, yeah, I said it. No, I know I did. <laughs> Let me paraphrase what you said. Yeah. <laughs> Verbatim. You can, uh, you can tell me I suck, Bailey. I probably need to be told I suck a lot. <laughs> You know what? I'm just this guy in a kayak. I'm, uh, you made the classic. I ain't going to say you sucked. <laughs> Wes, all you got to do is challenge Bailey to a race and you can use the skeeter. Yeah, yeah I, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> he, he, last episode, he challenged John Cruz to a race. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'll work out great. John could, John could probably beat you in reverse <laughs> and you, and you be going forward. I, 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 it was a, like a like a debate with Deacon about like kayak boat stuff, and we just have like these really like good debates, information back and forth. And I don't know how it came about, about but he's like saying something about John Cruz. I'm like, I'll challenge John Cruz to a race, uh, and while he uh, might smoke me, I'd just be like, kind of cool to be like, yeah, I raced John Cruz once, <laughs> like, yeah, in a kayak, in a kayak. <laughs> Who could paddle faster? Yeah, that's right. Well, paddle, um, I should say 
pedal, not paddle. <laughs> so with that decision making, right? What was like the did you have like a mental adjustment, like strategy wise for decision making going into the next year? Or what was that adjustment? Things just worked out, your decisions worked out for the better, or what yeah. was that big change? Yeah, kind of. I mean, kind of just, I mean, it was a little bit of luck and a little bit of fortune, but mainly just having confidence when I decided to make a move during the day because you'll get into this and it's kind of like a slump, but it's not. And we, all, all us fishermen talk about it. You start, you start second guessing literally every single thing you do as soon as you do it. Like you'll be like fishing out there. You're like, man, I need to go over and hit this bank. And you'll, you'll be all fired up about like, it's a great move. You put your stuff down, you run over. And as soon as you stand up and pick your rod, you're like, I need to be over there. Like this isn't, this isn't what I thought it was. And you'll stay there and fish around in a little while and not have confidence in what you're doing. Then you'll want to run to the next place. The next place is always better. And just having, you know, confidence in the moves that you're making, you know, tend is a, you know, 95% of the game, I think, because there's a reason you thought that your first thought was to go there and do whatever you decided to do. And then all that doubt starts creeping in your head when you get over there and you make one or two casts and you ain't had a bite. You're like, well, this sucks. I made the wrong call. Let me go do something else. Just kind of basically getting back to it was just, you know, once I made it, and it does help. When like the first term of the year, you make them, you make one or two moves right to start off the year, and you catch one here and you catch one there, and you're like, all right, I'm fishing good. And then you're mentally, you know, you're into, you know, you're you you like going over here, you like going over there, and you got confidence in that. So it, the fish have to help you out a little bit, but once they do, you know, just keeping that confidence in what you decide to do is is the main thing with my decision making, pretty much. Not having any doubt in your decisions, like yes, making sure when you make that decision that. You You're all in on it. Yeah. Focused on what you actually do and not worried about not the worried about place. your second decision, worried mm -hmm. about your first decision one after another. That makes yep. sense. Yeah. I I kinda I kinda got into that at Harrison and I knew I was doing it. I was like, I'm already thinking about where I'm going next. And it just it snowballs and it, it literally will get out of control before you even realize and you're like, Well, the day's over and I suck. So here we go. I mean, that could be so important though to have that happen to you, to like make that mistake, to get in that mindset, but then to acknowledge it, I think to be able to make that mistake, first of all, reflect and know that that's why you're making that mistake, that you're doubting those decisions, being able to acknowledge it so that when, you know, say a Harris chain comes around, you, you're able to physically know when that's happening, you're getting in that mindset and then having the ability to turn that off. Yeah. I think yeah. that's, that's such a huge, I think, internal milestone for, especially for, for fishermen, for bass mm -hmm. tournament fishermen to be able to hit that. Cause that'll just mindset wise. I mean, you heard Seth talk about it last year. It's basically what he did. He just, he just flowed with what his decisions just went, were. Just went didn't think about anything. Yeah. Didn't yeah. think about anything else. Yeah. The I main thing, the main thing that I've noticed I've done wrong in the last two tournaments is I feel like I've tried to plan out my day before the day ever starts. And like I had my game plan, what I wanted to do before it ever even blasted off. And looking back on, I'm like, well, that was the dumbest thing you've ever thought of in your life. Like that was stupid. And it just, I don't know. Like day three at St. John's, last year, I caught some on a prop bait in, in Rodman with, uh, with it cloudy. Well, we started off on day three, and I'm in 15th. And instead of going just fishing what I've been fishing, going to catch 12 to 14 pounds again, I'm like, well, it's a little cloudy. I'll run to Rodman and catch him on a prop bait and catch 20 pounds. I ain't even been to Rodman to throw a prop bait all week. Like just, and it was, and I got into the lock at like 930. And it was cloudy, but the freaking clouds broke. And by the time I got in there, it was bluebird skies and the wind wasn't even blowing. So it was, I literally just turned around and went back through the lot like, like stupid. But 
just stuff like that. Like that was like in my mind, I had already said, if I make day three, I'm going to Rodman and throw a prop mate. And I could have went over there and fished for an hour and caught three six pounders, but I didn't because it was a stupid decision and the wrong. But you learn from that. Like I, I've learned, like I've just learned not to do that. Yeah. I guess you could say too, like in fishing, and it's kind of like a cliche saying, right? You never stop learning. We're always going to make dumb decisions on the mm-hmm. water. It just sucks when it's on the one of the biggest tournaments of the year, the first that's tournament. Right, that's right. So, but I mean, it is what it is. It's a learning experience. So yeah, the next time right. you go, you're like, "Don't do that, you idiot!" Yeah, like, you idiot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't. I had a few choice gut. words for myself, and, and I mean, it just, just, I don't know. Just try. Just try not to plan everything pretty much. Like that's that's kind of what I keep telling myself. Just let the freaking fish tell you what's going on. Mm-hmm. That's the probably one of the downsides that I hate about kayak fishing tournaments. You actually have to plan out your day. That is true. That is true. Cause you can't just run around. Yeah, it takes just... you an hour to go three miles. So that's right. Like... <laughs> you decide to go that three miles, they better be there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. If you if you get there and it ain't happening, you're like, well. There goes my day. There, day's <laughs> over. I got to make my way back, back, up, back over to the ramp. <laughs> yeah, that is the worst feeling, especially when you're getting there like with physical labor, not turning yeah. a boat. You're like, oh, this sucks. Yeah, God, that was dumb. <laughs> yeah. Might as well fish my way back to the ramp and tuck my tail between my legs. Like That's exactly. Right. <laughs> uh, we got a couple more things, but I think we're gonna take a little quick break here and get to some questions from folks that are in the comments. And uh, Backlash Pro asked if you have any experience on blueback herring lakes. Uh, I do a little bit. Um, you know, Smith Lakes right here by the house, and there's some herring in that lake. Um, but I do know from herring lakes that you don't always have to focus on the herring eating fish. I guess would be a good way to put it. Uh, just having that experience. But, uh, you know, as far as, you know, a lot of experience, no. And and obviously, I know they're going to play at Hartwell. I mean, it's a given. So, uh, it'll be a it'll be a learning issue as we're trying to, uh, you know, win the biggest tournament in the world. But, you know, all, all it takes is one or two little places, and, you know, you can look like a hero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, do you think the spotted bass are going to play? 100%. There is no doubt about it. Uh, just looking at, you know, past tournaments at Hartwell, you can kind of see the progression of, you know, the size of the spotted bass uh, where, you know, back in 08 and even in 15 some, um, most of the spots that were caught were, you know, two pounds, two and a half pounds was a really good one. I think when, I think Brett Height caught some pretty good ones, like some four pounders, but I think your average, you know, average fish is going up spotted bass wise. Uh, so, yeah, they could – they could really play, actually. And I'm not really that familiar with those type of spotted bass, except for at Smith. Most of our fish are, you know, Coosa River spots that live, like, two foot deep and are, you know, like, mean as a bulldog. So You're kind of spotted bass. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> they are they are a different breed, that is for sure. <laughs> I, I caught um, a few on Toledo and, like, completely way back of creeks, you know, burning a spinnerbait, and that was – I caught, like, a two-and-a-half on Toledo, and they're like, yeah, that's a – that's, That's a, a big one. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I was not expecting this thing to be back here in mud in two foot of water. Yeah. But most of most of them, like in those Texas lakes, those are like true Kentuckys, like uh or the old Kentucky spots. They'll be like short and fat, and the the heron eaters will be kind of like those longer. They'll get fat too, but most of them are like long and they'll have a gut, but not really crazy. And then the Cusa spots are just 
I don't know, when they get big, do they look like footballs? They'll be all white looking and have just pretty cool colors and stuff. So it's it's a it's a weird deal how there's all those different types of you know species of the same fish, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it when I was down there in practice, I ended up finding a school of Kentuckys of them. I've done that before. And they were like two pounders, so it wasn't bad fish, but uh, yeah. And uh, I didn't realize there were spots in them though. And I kind of felt stupid for a second because I did all this map research, time of year, weather, and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But I neglected to do any like sort of like getting like familiar with the forage and what's actually in that lake. Right. And I, so I called my buddy Nolan Miner, who's been there a bunch of times through the college circuits, and I'm like, is there a spotted bass in Toledo? I just freaking caught one. And he goes, yeah, those are Kentuckys. And he kind of gave me the rundown of yeah. how Toledo and those work. But I was like very caught off guard because I did yeah. not realize spotted bass were in Toledo Bend. My uh, my second, just a quick, so my second year at Ray, on tour at Ray, our starting tournament was at Rayburn. And I had an offshore place that I had some spots on that I was just going to start on trying to catch like 10 pounds. And they were, I mean, they were like pound and a half to two pounders. And dude, I rolled up there. My first cast, I caught a seven pounder. Like my third cast, I caught like a five, and I never caught a spotted bass there the whole time, the whole tournament. And what had happened was those those large, those big large bass pulled up there and were actually eating them. Like they'll eat those spots. So it's oh it's my, great. oh yeah, oh yes. <laughs> so anytime yeah. you find a school of spots, just remember it and just be sure to check back yeah. in with it every now and then. <laughs> well, I checked back in with them the tournament, and they, they just got there. small. No, they got smaller. <laughs> it happens that way, but I'm telling you, so they will they will eat on them things, and they'll be big ones too. It won't be they'll be like three pounders. Like it'll be like you know fives and bigger and stuff. So, so you're wild. saying I should make like I should contact these custom swim bait guys and have them make have them make me a spotted bass swim bait. I mean, probably. I mean, they make a like a bar fish type thing that those big fish eat out there, like that striped white bass looking thing. So I'm sure they would. I'm sure they would eat it if you got it around. <laughs> Yeah, just add a little more like green gray to it. Yep. It'll be perfect. Yep. That's right. <laughs> if you rolled a if you rolled a swim bait by on any color, they would probably eat it. To be honest, because he ain't gonna swim up to it and say, "Well, it ain't got a little green in the night." <laughs> you probably ain't gonna catch him anyway. <laughs> That'd be crazy, just though, to catch one of those giants and to see a little spotted bass sitting in its throat still. Oh, I promise you. I mean, it's it was it was no crap like that tournament. I never caught a spot there, and I caught. I caught some like more three pounders there, but those two big ones are there like right off the bat, and I was like, "That is crazy! That is insane!" They ate all of the baby spots. Wow, they probably. I'm sure they ate some, and then the rest of them are like, "We gone. Yeah. We've, we've, we've seen this before, big boy." Oh yeah. <laughs> we have a we have a question here. It's such a pretty good question. It's kind of talking about the topic we were on earlier, but he's asking, um, "How do you recover from a lost fish or bad tournament?" on the biggest stage. And I'll kind of add to that. Like when you have, I don't know if you've experienced it yet, but when you're on live, like Bassmaster live and something doesn't go your way and you know, there's a lot of eyes on you versus when you don't have a camera boat on you. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you like? Is there anything mindset wise that you kind of roll through to kind of keep your composure, especially when you know, like thousands of people are watching you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, not real. I mean, let me take that back. Obviously, I know not to say some choice words on state or on camera, but I mean, even when I lose fish, like when I'm by myself, like it's not a whole lot of like throwing stuff and cussing and screaming and stuff. It's more of just like a, like I, I really like pause for a second. I'll literally just freeze and sit there for a second. I'm like, did that really just happen? Like of all the times of all the fish to come off, like it, it so it's more of, I don't really got, get real angry about it because obviously there's nothing you can do about it, but I try and just compose myself. I'm like, okay, that just happened. Obviously it sucks. Uh, 
but I mean, you got to catch the next one because that one's gone. I mean, and it's the hardest thing to do because you've worked so hard for that bite. You finally get that bite and it comes off, especially in a big time situation. But I mean, the fact of the matter is like, you're either going to catch him or you're not. Like if it's meant to be for the fish to come in the boat and you to top 10 or win or whatever, like you're going to catch it. Like that's just all there is to it. And I've fished, I'm not real old, but I've had enough opportunities where when it's your time, it's going to be your time. Like, I don't know. It's like, I can specifically remember two examples. My rookie year at Gunnerful on day three, I'm flipping, I lose a seven pounder and that's the only fish I lost all week. And if you catch that fish, I win. Frank Talley doesn't, you know, his life doesn't get changed. Mine does. Fast forward to Neil Henry this past year, I throw to the backside of a grass clump in the current and a four, three and three quarter, four pounder jumps over it and misses it. And I sit there and I'm all, you know, pissed off on live. I don't really say a whole lot. And I'm like, man, is it really going to happen today again? Like not get the bite or do something stupid like that. And like my fourth flip it, or fourth cast back over there, it eats it. It hooks it in the bottom of the jaw. Like, like it didn't even get it in its mouth and I catch the fish. And I mean, just that's basically what I'm getting back to. Like when it's meant to be for you to catch it, you're going to catch it. So, I mean, that's, you can't get mad about it. You just try and catch the next one and, you know, let the cards fall where they may. When it's your time, it's your time. That's, yep. No doubt. Yeah, but it doesn't make it less any you know doesn't like it suck no. any less when they got no. off. Like, I mean, <laughs> no, it sucks bad. It still sucks, it sucks bad. <laughs> like the first the first fight I got day two at Harrison was like a five pounder and it come off like two minutes into the day. I'm like, well, this is great. So I mean, but what do you do? Like, ain't nothing you can do about it. Now, if it's my fault, like if I lose it, it's my fault. I'll get pissed off at myself. But I mean, if it just comes off, they just come off. Yeah, I mean, when you're growing up, like. There's so many things like challenges that come your way that you have an opportunity to to redo or try again to better yourself or like mm-hmm. take another stab at it. Whereas like yeah. fishing and hunting, you know, you I lose that five pounder time. or you miss that shot. Yeah, you're you may never ever ever get that opportunity again. It's that's it like great. one of the most gut wrenching feelings, knowing that you screwed up potentially the only opportunity, whether it's that day, that tournament, or mm-hmm. depending if it's a fish of a lifetime. God, I mean, it, there's no feeling, I think, that compares to that in terms of, like, wow, this sucks. It's going to take yeah. a while to get over this. And, and and the thing about it is, like, when it happens, not trying to harp on but when it happens, you think you're the only person in the world who's ever lost a bass. Like, there's oh, yeah. so many people in each tournament that lose so many that would have made a huge difference. Like, it's unbelievable how many times, like, well, if so-and-so would have caught this one and so-and-so would have caught this one, like it would have been a whole different ball game. But I mean, like it goes back to when it's meant to be, when it's your time, it's your time. Like, like what's about to happen here next week? Unfortunately, somebody's going to lose a bass. It's probably going to cost them the classic. Like you can't know when it's going to happen. You don't know who it's going to be, but I mean, the odds are in the fish's favor most of the time. Like it's just going to happen and you got to, I mean, it's, it's, it's inevitable. It's yeah. going to happen. Especially yeah. when it's spotted bass or smallmouth. I hate us. Don't even bring up a smallmouth. Like, why, why you got to do something like that? Like, why? It, we were having a great time, man. Like, it was everything was good. And then you just so, got to bring them into it. Like, they just ruined the party. Is this a bad time to run our Dodge truck ad? Boy, I tell you what. He's <laughs> <laughs> fixing. <laughs> I tell you one thing. I tell you one thing about the dodge I got. You are gonna have to dodge it on the side of the road because that's about all it's doing right now. It ain't moving. <laughs> no, <laughs> it ain't ramming on a whole lot. I can tell you that, boy. Uh, I, was, I was really man. testing our friendship with that comment on yeah, live air. <laughs> yeah, golly, I mean, 
I don't think Wes is gonna text me back for the next couple of months. <laughs> New phone, who's the classic? He's just gonna walk right by yeah. you. Hey Wes, who are you? High <laughs> <laughs> five, and he's just like, yeah. 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 Oh, oh man, he's gonna say dodge this. Yeah, yeah I ain't that right. Golly, <laughs> well, I was in, I, I I was in a good mood too. Like, it's, uh, Sorry about the smallmouth comment. We yeah, that, yeah. Down, I, I gotta get. I gotta. Me and the smallmouth have got to have a like a, a come to Jesus meeting at some point. I just don't know when that's gonna happen. But it's it's coming. <laughs> Usually, when you bring up smallmouth for most people, they get happy. They yeah, I bet they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> go look at my finishes up north and tell me how happy I'm gonna be. <laughs> they just. Yeah. Like, like, it's just. It's kind of like, I've, dude, I've been to Harris Chain three times and I've never gotten a check there. And that's kind of how I feel about up north. Like, I just, they just don't like me. Like, I catch some, I catch some three pounders, some three and a halves, and I'll finish from 50th to 59th every time. Like, whatever. <laughs> one of these days, though, one of these days. That, that's usually how it goes, like with smallmouth. You just never know when you're going to stumble on that six pounder. Because you can catch yeah. three pounders all day and all of a sudden it's like, oh, Okay, now well, we're see that. See that. See, see what you just said there. We're gonna back it's up like on that. Florida. See, see, he said you just catch three pounders all day. But see, it takes me all day to catch them five three pounders. Is the problem <laughs> where we got Jimmy Bob over here that goes and catches eighteen pounds in ten minutes. He's like, all right, I go catch some big ones now. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I heard that. <laughs> Smallmouth are fairly simple. You just yeah. basically gotta keep moving until you find the bigger ones and we'll kind of leave it at that because if we're not if we keep talking smallmouth then we're going to dive into a whole new segment I, yeah we don't yeah we can do that some other we can do that closer to, to we don't July. need you that depressed for the class no no need thank, you happy. thank need god to- there ain't no freaking smallmouth in horrible that's that's amazing, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> so yeah we're gonna we're gonna switch gears to a positive note we're gonna get back to talking about the classic what's coming up and uh with that, you know, Lake Hartwell, it's going to be the very first week of March. I mean, this time of year, that that early spring uh, where it's not even spawned yet, where you just came from Florida where they were there, some of them are spawning, all that jazz. But, like, what's your comfort level in that early spring when fish aren't really moving up just yet, that sort of deal? Not just speaking specifically on Hartwell, but just in, in that region or even Alabama, you know, when fish are starting to move up and getting that pre-spawn phase. Like, what's your comfort at, and how do you do? You still like the power fish for them, or does things change for you? Yeah, I mean, I feel like those Carolina fish, the little bit that I've fished over there, kind of set up like you know our fish in Alabama and you know Georgia for that matter. Um, you know, and I I like this time of year a lot. Uh, I kind of like it a little bit later, like right when they're real close to being able to spawn. I feel like we're gonna be you know a little bit, a couple weeks away from it. Uh, depending on the weather but you know it's a good opportunity to catch some of the biggest fish in the lake without it being you know frigid cold like in the winter time obviously the best time to catch are true giants when it's really nasty and cold in the winter because they're real fat but you know a lot of those bigger fish will start getting up you know setting up on pre-spawn places like you know their secondary points and you know isolated wood and stuff like that so a good chance to you know catch some really big bags uh with the weather not being near as bad um and I feel like this time of year is a really good pattern deal. Like once even, or just in this area anyway, like once you figured out a little deal on a lake, you can kind of run it uh, just depending on how the lake lays out because the majority of the fish are going to be doing the same thing in the lake. I mean, obviously not all fish are going to spawn at the same time, but they're all going to be setting up 
because they know it's getting time to spawn. The days are getting longer. You know, it's warming up a little bit. Even if it's cold outside, they know that that day's gotten, you know, an hour longer. They got an hour longer of sunlight and stuff like that. So that timer in their head starts going off and, you know, you get the fish shallow. There's still some fish out deep, so it kind of spreads people out a lot uh, in that situation too. So from a tournament standpoint, that's a pretty good deal uh, this time of year as well. So is that kind of something where you're going to put like three, four rods in the deck and just move until you find active fish this time of year? Oh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, you'll be able to start like this time of year. I like to you either start one or two ways. You start really shallow and work your way out or start, you know, out deep and work your way shallow. And at some point you're going to collide with them and it's going to be like you catch one, you know, halfway back in a creek and you're like, well, it may have been a fluke. And then you run to the next one and you catch another one halfway back in a creek. And well, then a light bulb goes off and you kind of figured them out. So, I mean, just kind of just kind of working from one way to the other just to figure out what kind of stage they're in, especially when that water's in that, you know, anywhere from high 40s, like 48, 49 to, you know, high 50s. Just that whole, I feel like that's what we're going to be dealing with this time of year. And they're they're going to be set up somewhere from, you know, the real deep pre-spawn haunts, like wintertime stuff to, you know, dead shallow, two foot deep, getting ready to go on the bed. They're going to be somewhere in between there, obviously. And you, all you've got to do is work your way around. And it sounds easy. I mean, I'm not saying it's it's as easy as it sounds, but that's by your book. That's how it should work. And a lot of times it does. It just, you have to be in the right section of the lake or, you know, however that uh, plays out. But I don't know from a, and, and the next thing I like about it is you can kind of power fish. You don't really have to slow down and throw a wacky rig or, you know, throw a shaky head or something. You can still catch fish doing that, but you can crank, you know, some flat sides, uh, you know, flip a jig, you know, throw a big spinner bait, stuff like that. So just kind of fishing. I like to do the way I grew up doing it. It, it kind of works, you know, for the majority of the places that, you know, that I've been and that we go. So you're talking about like when you find fish and for some reason they're always, they're either halfway back or they're all the way back or they're mm-hmm. on this first secondary point leading to this creek. When you find them in a situation where they're like only midway through the creek, where do you know, like, I mean, it might obviously just when you start getting bites and when you stop getting bites, but is there any other key factors to know, like, cause you hear guys that will hit only a certain stretch of a Creek and they won't run all the way to the back and they'll just leave and they'll know when to stop with these creeks. I mean, is there any other sign besides that you stop getting bit? to move on to the next creek when you yeah it, it can be a handful of things and i mean not and just talking in general not really about a specific type of lake but if you're on like a highland reservoir like you might see that the bank transitioned into a different type of rock or something like you might be on a bluffier bank halfway back and then it turns into like a you know a 45 degree bank and you happen to notice when you fished 100 yards on that 45 degree you didn't get another bite or if you're on a, you know, just a regular impoundment and the bank kind of slopes off or it gets a little bit deeper, like you were on a, like halfway back, happen to be a little bit shallower and then it drops off into a hole and you stop getting bites or you start getting bites. So just, it's mainly a little subtleties that, and, and most of the time when you're talking about halfway backs and creeks, you're talking about fish being on the bank. So it, you just kind of have to pay attention to that. Most of the time it's either depth, the way the bank transitions into something else, the bottom content, like you may notice you're on a harder bottom halfway back and then it turns into some muck or something like that. So, I mean, it's really just mainly those key factors, but it's something that you need to pay attention to, like with your eyes and let the fish kind of tell you, because most of the time, if you're getting some bites and then you, the something changes and you quit getting bites, the fish are telling you, obviously they're not there anymore. Like, cause if he was still there, if there was one there, he'd still bite. If you were getting bites, you know, a hundred yards back down the bank on something mm-hmm. different. 
just being aware of visual cues. Yeah. I mean, just kind of, I mean, just kind of paying attention and, and it goes back to just letting the fish tell you what's going on. Right. Even you have to really pay it. That, that's the main thing. Not didn't try and cut you off. I just thought about something. People tell me like, what's the, what's the biggest difference between you guys and you know, everybody else. I'm like, well, I mean, we're just, we're all good fishermen. Like most everybody can cast. Everybody knows what baits to throw. I mean, it's no secret, but like, putting together once you get a, like one single bite, what you can take away from a single bite from a bass. Cause it's going to tell you a lot. A lot of times, sometimes it can be a, you know, a fluke. And then, you know, sometimes it can kind of, you know, lead you into, you know, obviously a really good tournament, a win or something. So just trying to remember every single thing that happened when you got that bite, how deep it was, how the fish bit it. Did it react to it? Did it get it on the fall? Were you dragging it? Did it really get it aggressive? Did it swallow it? Did you hook it on barely? It barely got the bait. Just, all those things come into play when you when you get one single bite. Like you can take a lot away from. It. That's what I try and tell people to just pay attention to. Yeah, and it, it seems like a lot, like especially when you list it out. But it really, the more you do it, and the more you remind yourself of the different factors. I mean, it can kind of just become second nature, almost instinct mm. when you kind of you yeah. can start making those adjustments. Especially like what you talk about, like a crankbait. When there's two fish back to back that get it on the last that last little treble hook, like you know to maybe make a color switch. Right. Something right. Like, along those lines but mm -hmm. um, you sleepy oh it's been a long day sorry oh come on <laughs> <laughs> uh i don't know if you saw it pop up on the screen but we got mr cody highland in the house tonight and what's up buddy saying hello to you Wes. cody's been texting me. he texts me before both tournaments asked me how my practice went and most of the time i practice go horrible but uh yeah he he definitely checked in and uh i kind of miss him out there you know he fished with us last year and uh he didn't requalify, but I mean, he's he's one of those guys that is still one of the you know best fish catchers. The way he qualified for the elites, you know, through the federation, uh, you know, is a pretty good deal. And you know, he's he's one of those West Coast guys that I wish I knew some of his little tricks and techniques to you know do out here because those fish hadn't seen it. But maybe one day he'll teach me. Hey, Cody, Cody's been on the show before. He's leaked some juice on the on this podcast before, and uh, we're gonna have to get him back on here for some more for more juice. No doubt, no doubt. Let's see what he's up to now that he's back out there and uh, hammering on the Columbia. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, Cody. We'll uh, we'll be we'll be in touch, buddy. Let's I see look. him catching them ugly brown fish all the time. Yeah, I see. Him. <laughs> you say that until you have one good tournament, and you're gonna love them. I'll be, like, I'll be like, they're the best thing in the world. Like it's <laughs> awesome. Every tournament needs to be up north. Every one of them. Yeah. Oh man. Andy, I think Wes just needs a, a day in late November on the Great Lakes. I do, yeah. man. I've never I've never been in the boat with anybody besides a day of practice up there up north. Like, like I've never seen anybody really catch them. Like, it's just a, it's been a learning experience. And I've like everything that I know I learned myself and obviously watching videos and stuff. But like I've never like seen it firsthand. Like, hey, this is how easy it is. There's a five pounder. There's a four pounder. I mean, they're just everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So so if you have a free day, I'll extend the invite. If you have a free day somewhere between that, me, you, Bailey, and I will go out on Erie and have some fun for a day or two. Sounds good. Sounds good. Maybe that maybe we'll catch one over three pounds. Maybe. I think you I think you need that. I think you need that for your soul. We can I really do. Like it would make it's me feel very a lot likely. Better. We might only catch a couple, but they'll be over three pounds. Well, that's that's all I need to know. <laughs> I just need to drop my little drop shot on the right rock. That's all I need to know. <laughs> We can we can make that happen. 
Hey, hey, uh, though, it's going to be a lot easier for me, though. I got that Mega Live dialed in now, and I'm going to be able to see them out there instead yeah. of having to drop down straight on them and they run from my boat. See, that ain't going to be happening no more. So oh, it's, they it's still might run from you. I've seen plenty run from a drop shot when it hits the bottom. So Yeah, well, they may just run from me because they know it's me. So <laughs> Well, that's like a whole new episode, too, to talk about that, is like learning that smallmouth can be – they're typically, typically they're super simple and stupid is basically what you usually use with smallmouth. But – there's times where, and Andy showed me, it's like they run away from a half ounce, but you switch to three ace and they'll eat everything. It's super weird. That's crazy. Or you drop down in line size to six or five. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, now they're eating it now. Stupid yeah. fish. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they do have they do have some eyes now. They've got amazing vision. Like I don't know a lot about them, but I know they can see. Like, uh. mm-hmm. And that's what's, you know, talking about vision too, like, We've talked about it a couple times on this show, but like line size isn't usually a visual thing for fish where a lot of people think it's more of the lighter the line, the more natural, exactly, the more natural Mm. the bait will be. Um, That is correct. Makes a huge, huge difference. Just give it all Uh, out there, Bailey. Just tell everybody, like, why not? (laughs) You know, (laughs) you can tell people (laughs) how to to fish light line and then they go and do it and break off every Every one of them. So yeah. it's uh, it is a special technique and <laughs> finesse way to fish. You need mm. certain rods with certain reels and certain drag systems for it all to work properly. <laughs> well, yeah. I had no, a, I had no a, I agree. I got a seven foot medium heavy with thirty pound braid to six pound test. I don't know why I kept breaking all these. Fish Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> that was that was Wes that actually said that. That was not. I I, I, know, I feel like I've got I feel like I've got all the equipment down. Like it, I've got the dang I've got the ten pound Sunline like braid and the six pound Sunline FC. Like I've got a number one Gamagatsu drop shot hook. Like it's a little old bitty hook. Like I got all the details down. A medium light rod. It just I don't lose it. I lost some my my rookie year because that was the first time I ever. You know, dealt with smallmouth on a spinning rod, but last year I feel like I I didn't hardly lose any at all. I shouldn't catch none. Like, mm. I get you. It's 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 got a lot to do with the zip code where you drop your cricket. Hundred percent. Like, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Does help. Does help. Uh, going back real quick, and then we're gonna start wrapping up here in a second. Um, when you mentioned about starting shallow, working deep, or working deep to working shallow, kind of in your experience, is there an easier method? Like, is it easier to go shallow to deep or deep shallow? Oh, uh, me personally, I have more confidence in myself being shallow, going to deep instead of starting deep because I feel like I'm more, I'm better, a better shallow water fisherman. And if there's some fish up there, you know, shallower, I'm going to be able to figure it out a lot faster than I would starting deep and working, you know, up shallow. Because I feel like if I start out deep, then I might get frustrated by the time I get halfway back or something and actually miss some fish, you know, in the backs of a creek or the back of a pocket to where, if I go try and start doing my strength and get a few bites, well, if I can catch a few up shallow and I work my way out a little bit and get a few more bites, well, then I know there's going to be some fish pulling towards me. So basically, it just kind of seems like whatever you have more confidence in, if you like fishing offshore, I would start out deep. If you're a shallow water guy, I would start out shallow and then work your way, obviously, either different way. Yeah, and so this is where I want to kind of wanted your help with is like, so I, I'm more comfortable being offshore. The, the least bank I can see, the more comfortable I get. I like to be, I like to play out deep, but there's times where, especially if it's a new lake, where I almost kind of wonder that because when you're shallow, that there is a barrier, there is a limit where you can't go any shallower. 
Whereas mm-hmm. deep can be very expansive, right? You can keep go deeper and there's more water to explore. Right. That it might be easier, especially on new bodies of water, to start shallow and work deep because that's kind of an easier process of elimination. Yeah, it, for sure. But and then but the only thing about the the shallow water deal is easier and and I've been this I've experienced this a lot with it being easier a lot of your anglers are going to start that way. Like if you're in a tournament situation like and a lot of times in in bigger tournaments, multiple day tournaments, your shallow fish most of the time do run out in this time of year unless you happen to be on a moon or it get really hot and you've got fish pulling up but just there's always fish that live shallow. Like I don't care if the water's 35 degrees but there's just those are just going to be resident fish that want to live shallow. So once those fish get picked off or caught during practice, like they're done, they're gone. To where if you've got some, you know, medium depth stuff, you know, offshore stuff that from a tournament situation, it might be harder to find it uh, or figure that situation out. But once you do, you're going to get rewarded, you know, and you're going to have fish for, you know, obviously a multiple day event. And they're just going to be just keep replenishing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, if I start out 20 to 25, not find anything, and I start moving up to like 15, 10, et cetera, you know, 12, like you always worry about spending too much time working that and going shallower, but they're all out. You know, the winning fish are 30 to mm-hmm. 35, yeah. and you just went the wrong way of the spectrum. It's just, I almost kind of wonder. But that's a good point, though, is because a lot of people start shallow that you might as, if you, if you have a feeling they're going to be deep, just give yourself a, a range. Yeah. And spend most time working For that. Sure. For yeah. sure. All right. Well, dude, look into next week. I know uh, we'll, we'll put out a teaser for folks because you, you, I'm sure you know what we're about to tease here. Uh, but tomorrow morning, you guys, all I'm going to say is you should guys head over to Bassmaster.com because there's a pretty freaking damn cool piece that's coming out with our buddy, Mr. Wes Logan. Uh, that I highly encourage you guys to go watch and, and read. Um and I, I'd, I'd kind of want to prize something a little bit more out of you. That prize, prize as much as you want, buddy. I'm, I'm here for. I'm Be here until you want to quit it. Be careful what you wish for, Wes. Yeah. I mean, I, I, <laughs> hey, buddy. After today, we can prize as much as we want. I would just <laughs> we already got through all the bad stuff. Yeah, Small I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's not bad. I promise. Yeah. Um, I will, once it's live, folks, especially if you're tuning this late, I will put the link to that Bassmaster article in the show notes so you guys can go check it out. Um, but I want to know, because it's not included in there, is your, uh, tell us more about your, your, your walkout song for the Bassmaster Classic. I, I'm very it, curious. It's a... Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of how I want to say it. Uh, you don't have to yeah. tell us exactly, but I want to get a good clue. Yeah, I mean it's a, uh, it's kind of kind of be the same thing. I mean, I don't know if anybody even listens to when I walk out on stage, but I mean it's just gonna be you know some some older rap. I mean it ain't gonna be anything crazy, nothing explicit. Just kind of just, I mean basically just that's it's just me, I guess. I don't know. I'm a real simple dude. Like I don't like to mix things. I don't like to change things up a lot. Let's just put it that way. Like I'll just keep it at that. So it, I mean, who knows? It. it it may not even be anything. I may just walk out there to dead silence. Who knows? I mean, how cool would that be? Like, it just dead silence. Just walk up there. No music or nothing. Like, just nothing. <laughs> that would definitely throw people off. I people- know. <laughs> They'd be thinking, like, hey, the speakers aren't working. I'm like, no, no, that's just Wes. That's just Wes being an idiot. <laughs> well, <laughs> just me. <laughs> especially last year. Like, last year, you were in, if you were in the, the stadium for when they were waiting in, 
I don't know who was controlling the volume, but I think my ears are still ringing from last year's weigh-in because the sound was so dang loud. You couldn't talk to the person next to you. So, like, if you went silent for like two nothing. minutes, yeah. you get everyone's attention. <laughs> I know now. Like, they just made some applauses too. Me just riding around, like, just just silent, just waving. You might actually provide <laughs> people a chance to have a conversation. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It might be a blessing in disguise. That's right. <laughs> uh, can you tell us the? Is it like '90s rap? Is it? Early thousands. Yeah, it'd be early thousands, I think. I mean, I'm not good with years. I don't even know what day it is. I don't even know what today is. But I mean, yeah, it would be early two thousands. Uh well, I highly recommend in the next couple of days you look at a calendar to make sure you don't miss practice. No, I know I see the thing about it is like I know where I need to be. Like in the like two days from now I gotta leave. I do know that. Like three days from now we start practice. But for you to be like, Wes, what's the date? I'll be like, it's February something. Like I, I like it's 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 at the end. I know that. We're close to March. Like like, I'll know where I got to be, but I just don't know what day it is a lot of the times. Especially, like, like this past, the two-week stretch, like, I knew we had a, these practice days, tournament day, but, I, I mean, as far as the date, I don't, I don't, I have no idea. <laughs> and it's, it's literally, it's literally on your phone every time you open it, and I'm just, yeah, I, I <laughs> yeah. I, I graduated from Springville. I don't really pay attention to a whole lot, like, <laughs> yeah. So, basically, what you're saying is, it's a blessing you have Riley. Otherwise, you're screwed. Actually, the blessing just walked in the door uh, like five minutes ago, and she's been on a 12-hour clinical today. And Ooh. there's some, there's some, uh, <laughs> there's some Kentucky Fried Chicken on the counter, and uh, they didn't give us any green beans. So I grabbed a can of. I was in a hurry to try and get on here, and there's a can of green beans laying or sitting beside it. And she walked in and picked the beans up, and she kind of turned her head and set them back down. Like, I wonder why these aren't done yet. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah, I think we might need to uh, end this podcast here. No, second. no, it's all good. Okay. It's, it's all good. She's she's uh, she's awesome, for real. Like, she keeps my freaking head on straight. And she's she's probably fixing to get on me for being in a bad mood about my truck. But uh, we'll get that figured out somehow, some way. We might, we might, pull, we might pull the freaking boat to Anderson, South Carolina with a horse in the carriage. We'll probably be better off because I promise you that freaking wheel ain't going to go out. I can promise you you would steal the show if you pulled on. Hey, hey, you, you got to do what you got to do sometimes. Get a couple I mean, Mustangs on the front of that carriage, you're good to go. Shit, I'll have some Clydesdales on that thing with some Budweiser's in the back. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> get an get a extra, extra large jersey for your horse in the front, yep, and there you that's go. Right. That's, that's, that's right. marketing, baby. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. One that's horse right. west. Next horse, Logan, right yep, across the back. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's uh, what a what a what a time to be alive, boy. Yeah. Well, buddy, we'll uh, we'll let you go and uh, enjoy dinner. Tell Riley we said hello, and uh, we're looking forward to at some point, hopefully, seeing you next week, and hopefully, see you in a positive mood. I know you're gonna be. It'll, be, it, it, it'll be a positive either way. I mean, it's to be able to fish and it's a, a blessing for sure. And I'm I'm not gonna take it for granted. Whether we finish last or you know we finish first, either way, you got to fish in the Bassmaster Classic. So it's that's pretty cool. Hell yeah, buddy. Well, uh, we appreciate you one taking the time out tonight to come back on. It was good to get you on again. Yes, and, sir. Uh, dude, we're just looking forward to to seeing you in a few days, boss. Sounds good, guys. I See appreciate y'all having buddy. me. Thank you, man. You too. All right, boss. We'll talk to you. See y'all. Bassmaster Classic, man. It's for everyone involved. I feel like it's life changing. Whether you're a spectator, you're fishing in it, 
whether you're a company going to it and you're releasing products, like it, it changes for so many people, especially if you're working in the event. Cause it's kind of cool. Cause like you're working the Bassmaster classic, like, I don't know. It's kind of a, it's kind of a cool deal for all parties involved. Like even if you're just going to the Bassmaster classic, like it's a big deal, especially in the fishing industry. Like yeah. I think from an outsider perspective, they don't understand the impact the classic has on the industry for everyone involved. I mean, how many people marketing are... and advertising situation yeah. for most of these companies? And then how many people are probably going to walk through the doors? At least a couple hundred thousand over the three days. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's so many people and so many things that just even get in, get introduced at the classic. I'm really looking forward to seeing it all. I think what's really cool. And if you remember this, something I did last year um, while you're walking around, What's kind of really cool to think about is when you look around these booths and you see different anglers and you almost kind of have to keep like a like a mental Rolodex because it's kind of cool to see where there's some anglers where you might see them floating around in different booths and then three years later, they're a big name or they're an up and comer when you didn't realize it at the time or you're walking around the classic and you see different people walk around in jerseys or different anglers that are working booths. And they might not have done too much in their career at that time, but two years from now, they're in the classic or like just, um, Oh gosh, what's his name? Uh, college kid that won the bracket this year. Um, mm. you know what I'm talking about? He has long hair, big beard. Yeah. I, tall dude. I know what you're talking about. I, can't I feel really bad. I'm forgetting his name right now. I feel horrible because I follow along actively with his socials. And, uh, but I remember seeing him at the classic last year, just walking around. And I was like, oh, I recognize him from college fishing. And then now he's fishing the Bassmaster Classic. Like, it's it's kind of a cool thing to walk around and kind of see where people go from year to year. Tristan McCormick. Thank you, Jack. Yeah. I, I, I was thinking McKendry, but I'm like, that's the school. And, I, was uh, like, I was like, I know it starts with an M, but yeah. I don't want to be wrong because there could be a million last names with an M. Yeah. I don't know if Tristan listens to this, but I sure know some of his buddies do. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. <laughs> I'll make it up to you. <laughs> um but dude, it's it's cool to see what, what I love about the classic and I like about iCast is especially being from us being in a we're not in an Alabama or a Tennessee or a Texas where you get to see a decent amount of people from the industry a couple times a year. Mm-hmm. But but the classic and iCast, you get to see everybody together and you see so many familiar faces, people that you talk to. Like social media is an awesome thing and the fact that you can connect with so many people so easy and so quickly. And at the iCast, you can an iCast and Classic, you can actually see them in person and have a beer with them, have a conversation, get to know them in person, you know, tease them because you thought that they'd be taller than they were over social media, you know, it's stuff like that, <laughs> stupid stuff like that. But um, either way, I'm looking forward to the Classic next week. And um, uh, for folks tuning in right now, Thursday night, we are going live to do our fantasy fishing preview show of the Bassmaster Classic. And we hope that you guys can come and join us. We're going to be giving out a bunch of prizes from Omnia Fishing, from Hummingbird, Minkota, Hobie Eyewear, uh, Queen Tackle. Like We're going to be giving away a bunch of stuff. I hope you guys will come join us Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. Um, and then hopefully if you guys are listening to this, let us know if you're going to be at the Classic next week. I'll be there from Wednesday to Monday. Um, Andy will be there, I'm pretty sure, at a similar time frame, right? Yeah, I'll be getting into Greenville roughly 5 p.m. Bear. Barring any flight issues, but I'll be there Wednesday night through Sunday as well. I think we fly home really early Monday morning. Yeah. So, um, 
But yeah, folks, I mean, I'm going to be floating around, like I mentioned earlier in the show, from the Johnson Outdoors booth, so Hummingbird, Minkota, and then Pure Fishing, X2 Power. So I'll be at those booths predominantly. So if you guys are near those, it's a good chance I'm there if you want to say hello. Uh, and same thing with Andy. Andy's going to be floating around all over the place, but you'll be at what Alpha Angler, G2, Gemini jerseys, and you'll probably uh, be at the Queen Tackle, yeah. all of our sponsor stuff. Yeah, Queen. Um, I'll be at Hobie doing some social stuff. Um Stuff like that, just kind of floating around, saying yeah. hi to some friends that I haven't seen in years at other booths that I used to fish with up here that I know will be there, and et cetera. So it'll be a good yeah. time. Yeah. If you folks see any of our, our partners down below as you're watching this or you guys know that are tribute with us, um, head over to the booth and, and ask and see if we're around. Just uh, ask them, be like, hey, have you seen that ugly guy named Andy anywhere? And, uh, yeah, it, it's hard to like. Normally, I have this big bushy beard and like crazy scraggly hair, but I got a haircut a couple weeks ago, so like this is a weird new look for me. That's how excited Andy is for the classic! I like, got a haircut yeah. and everything. I got the haircut because the wife told me to. So uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd still be like growing the hair out and the beard. But yeah, Andy's been like the uh, like almost the excited like getting ready for a job interview type of anxious for the classic yeah I, i'd be way more clean and uh prosper for a job <laughs> let's be real yeah. i'm uh, just happy i'm at that point in my life that i no longer have to do job interviews yeah so. that is nice that is nice <laughs> so uh, but i think we're gonna wrap it up here in a second uh again huge shout out to wes for joining us again tonight it's been a few times we've had wes on the show um, so if you guys want to listen to more of West, we have some, uh, shows back. If you guys go back through the archives, uh, I can plug them as well in the show notes here, uh, where we've had, uh, Wes on the show, always good to get him on and excited to see him compete in his first ever Bassmaster classic, uh, next week. And like I said, tomorrow morning, early morning, there will be, uh, a pretty cool video, an article posted by Bassmaster that you guys should go tune into and, uh, watch that video, read up on Wes, and uh, hopefully you guys will be tuning into the classic and uh, let us know your feedback next week. But uh, I think, Andy, beyond that, let's close it out. Hopefully see you folks on Thursday night. Yeah, for our you fantasy. do not want to miss Thursday night. That is the night to join. Yeah, we've had a, a lot of crazy good engagement on those shows. We hope you guys will join us for those, win some prizes, tell us our fantasy fishing picks suck. Uh, tell watch- us what your fantasy fishing picks are. Yeah, and uh, help us you know, join in on making fun of Bart because we're smoking him right now. Uh, but either way, uh, thank you guys, and uh, we will see you guys on Thursday night. Well, that was an awesome show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you can and your app allows it, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us get seen more which allows us to access more time and more variables to be able to bring to the show to make it better for you guys. So hope you enjoyed it. And if you did and you liked some of the things we talked about in this episode and want to check out our show partners, all of that is in every single show description. You can click down there. It's got all of our discount codes, all of our links to our show partners where you guys can go and support the people that support this show and help us make this show happen. And of course, this show does not happen without you guys. You guys know we appreciate you. You're the Sears Sanger fam. You're the reason we're here. Appreciate y'all, and we'll see y'all on the next one.